Hey, 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 welcome back to Who Let the Dogs Out, a podcast where I chat life with cool people doing awesome things. Today, you'll hear from Miu Ono, she, her, who we first met through Penn M&T program. She's currently living in the suburbs of SF, which we talk about a little bit in this episode, along with her almost four and a half year long relationship that lasted throughout college, COVID, and now post-grad transition. Also mentioned our powerlifting, growing up with three older brothers and her product operations role at Uber. Hope you enjoy. It's looking sunny and nice. Where are you sitting outside? Lake Tahoe, you were saying, no? Yeah. <laughs> no, that was, that was last weekend. I'm at a nearby park to my house. I like living like my best suburban like soccer mom life. So, like a uh, neighborhood yeah. park with like kids and everything. Without the mom, we're the soccer. It's so good to see you. <laughs> Yeah, yo, life has been good. How'd you end up to living this suburban life? (laughs) Yeah, so I moved straight to SF right out of graduation. And I lived in the city with my roommate, Nicole. She's also from Penn for the first year. And it was really fun. I chose an apartment building in SF where a couple of other friends were living. So in a sense, it was like dorms again, where like on a random like Tuesday night, like I would just go down the hall and then play board games with a friend or grab dinner or lunch or work out. And that was really fun. But I think over the course of the year, the area that we lived in wasn't that great. There was this like sketchy flea market outside every Saturday where stolen goods were sold as things happen in SF. (laughs) I think too, was just feeling a little bit cooped up in the city. I think I'm someone who really needs a lot of time just to be alone and be outside in nature. And then three, I'm living with my boyfriend now, so I wanted to move in with him. So all all good things, I think, I'm enjoying the suburb life. I grew up in the suburbs as well, so it feels really familiar and comfortable to live back in in the same kind of environment again. (laughs) That's cool, yo. And I assume you have a car and everything. Yeah, I think that is a big factor because living in the suburbs is a lot cheaper. That meant that I could afford a car. And so that gives me a lot of freedom to do weekend trips and then just go wherever I need to be. That is huge, yo. What are some of your favorite weekend trips? Last week you went to Lake Tahoe, you said. Are you you, you a big skier, snowboarder? Was the winter season good for you? (laughs) I am trying to be. So... I guess it started over COVID when everything first shut down, like our senior year. I actually didn't go back to Penn and me, my boyfriend and a couple of his friends actually went to go live in Denver for three months. And then we picked up snowboarding and learned on the slopes there. And then ever since they've got the bug and they go every single week, I think they've gotten like 30 plus days in this season. And I am not nearly as good or as passionate as them but I do enjoy it and so I'll go on the weekend trips to tag along and have fun so I'm definitely a very much like groomer girl like blues like are my jam and so it was a really fun trip (laughs) that's amazing is this the same boy from like sophomore year it is yeah actually so I've been with Jeffrey for four plus years now almost four and a half years yeah so it's been a while (laughs) damn girl big congrats I don't even know what to say I feel like I don't know anyone in that situation from Penn (laughs) yeah no I feel like it's been like a really good part of my college life and then life outside of Penn I think it's interesting the way that like a relationship like helps to guide your life for example like the places you live because now it's not necessarily like just the decision that you're making yourself but with another person as well For sure, yo. Wow. How do you think that has evolved from being in a relationship in college where you already have that dedicated time to be there versus now intentionally choosing? I think it's evolved a lot. I think I feel like Penn 
really had a culture that was almost allergic to relationships <laughs> and like that that really makes sense right because like in college things are really things can feel really temporary there's always fires going around there's always someplace better to spend your time and it's hard to really just choose one thing over another like consistently and really prioritize that and I think so like my relationship like with him during college and then afterwards has definitely really evolved like you said in a really intentional way um I think that what really helped is that we always chose whenever we grew to grow together. And I don't know, I think fundamentally, I think our values have really always really been aligned. So yeah. <laughs> that is huge. Then you also, you ended up like quarantining slash spending COVID together, right? With him and other people. How was all of that? Do you see Denver as a potential future home or are you really like it here, you think? No, I'm sorry, Denver is gross. I'm sorry to all the Denver homies out there. <laughs> but no, I think, yeah, I think quarantine really helped because not when it like everything really shut down in March. I actually remember the exact moment when we got like that email from Gutman that was like, oh, like spring break is extended forever. We were like, we were actually in spring break in Costa Rica together driving on the road. And then we just pulled over and sat on the roof of the car reading the email together and just sat there for a while, just like, trying to let the situation sink in definitely a memorable time <laughs> uh, but then we actually decided to just spend most of quarantine together like at Penn and then in the fall we uh, moved to DC together and then after that to Denver together and then I came back to Penn like right in time for graduation and I think that I'm definitely really privileged to be in a situation where like quarantine actually really helped in some sense really helped to strengthen that relationship really helped to strengthen a lot of my hobbies and myself because everything was past fail at Penn. I just took on separate internships and things just to discover more about what I wanted to do as a career and grow myself as a person. And so in that sense, I think quarantine really helped, not just with the relationship, but um, in general, the direction I wanted to take with my life. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I feel like quarantine was all, like COVID was also the most formative time I feel of my yeah. life. taking time off, island hopping, working for startups remotely, like all that shit. But yeah. yeah, it definitely is a lot of privilege to be able to turn a bad situation into something so good. I also I felt guilty about it for a while, but now I feel like I've just come to the sense that oh, then what's the point of privilege? Can I use it in a way and share it with other people too? I still feel like I haven't really made up my mind about how I feel about doing all these things necessarily, but all I know is it was the most formative time. So whatever that means <laughs> yeah no that's awesome and I feel I feel a lot of similar things with in relation to how my parents were brought like for example my parents were immigrants and coming to America they didn't necessarily have the nicest things and for example like me like now having a really good job straight out of undergrad being able to have all these nice things sometimes I also feel guilty in that aspect of I don't know being able to enjoy myself but like you said, like, that's the point of privilege to be able to, like, I guess, enjoy it and hopefully pass it on to as much as you can to the next person as well. Yeah, thanks, y'all. Do you want to share a little bit about your childhood growing up, leading up to Penn, and then <laughs> how all of that family stuff you think relates now in your life? Yeah, so I grew up in New Jersey, like right outside of New York. I was that annoying freshman who would tell people like, oh, I'm from New York when really I was in the armpit state. But it was really lovely to be there. Like I was just outside the city. And I think that it was like a really safe environment to grow up. I think in terms of diversity, there were a lot of people I guess there were a lot of other Asians in the town, which made me really connected to my heritage there. 
I think it was a community that was really focused on academics as well. Uh, and so I think that in that sense, it was a really strong foundation for the values that I have right now as a person. I think I grew up with three older brothers as well, who I think have really influenced me in that way. And I think that growing up, we like weren't necessarily that close as a household but I think have now having matured and all of us being adults that's really helped us to reconnect and grow back together that is huge also I didn't know you had three older brothers I feel like we must have known at some point but (laughs) how much older what's the dynamic now yeah I don't know okay which wait I have a pop quiz for you if you hadn't known how many siblings would you think I would have had and where would I be in the hierarchy (laughs) I feel like an older brother I would guess one older brother but three is wild but I guess the story is my parents like really wanted a girl and I guess they just kept trying until I came along quick quick like side story that's actually where my name comes from so my name means beautiful dream in Japanese and they kept trying for a girl kept trying for a girl and then when my mom became pregnant with me she was like very conflicted oh like this is like a lot of children right four children is a lot just to raise and financially as well that's a really big responsibility and then when I finally came out there was like a big sigh of relief oh my gosh okay this is finally a girl (laughs) and so this is like a beautiful dream come true so that's (laughs) my parents did a great job naming me but in terms of going back to the question of three older brothers like I think when I was really little it's actually really funny because they used to like bully me a lot their age is really much closer to each other and so I was always a younger spoiled sister my oldest brother is six years older than me and then it's five years older than me and then four years older than me So it's like they were like a group together. And then like I was the annoying like sister who like always wanted to be included. (laughs) But but I think what's really funny is that now that translates. I think it's still the case where I'm like the annoying sister who is like always like wanting us to get together for Thanksgiving and plan trips together. But I think the dynamic has really changed to one of a lot of love over the years. I think that now as an adult, like being able to like have like proper conversations about each other, about our life trajectory, our experiences that we had reflecting on our childhood together over the years has been really formative. One memory that I really look back on fondly is in sophomore year, I went over to my brother's place. He lives in LA and that was the first time that I had seen him since he had actually gone to college like three years ago. And I think rekindling that relationship really helped to spark the motivation to reconnect with all of my brothers as well. And I think since then, we've made a really active effort to go and spend time with each other intentionally in order to make the relationships work. (laughs) That's huge. Do you go to different brothers for different things? (laughs) Yeah, I guess kind of. I don't think I would ever go to them for romantic advice, if I'm being honest. But I think that definitely professional advice, I definitely would. (laughs) And so, for example, they all work in different industries somewhat. And so I think that has really helped. I think also the different experiences that they've had. So, for example, my middle brother used to live in San Francisco. So he was really helpful when I was like first moving into the city, recommending areas to live in and things to look out for. Um, My youngest brother, he's the wild like party one. And so like related to that, he's a really great and fun resource differentiated in those perks but love love them all the same (laughs) what do you do for work currently do you think this is gonna stick around for a while how do you feel (laughs) that's a good question so I actually just switched jobs three months ago so right now I'm working at uber as a product operations manager 
and I'm actually really liking it. So out of Penn, I joined consulting, the big three. And I think that when I initially joined, it was such a different experience because being in college, especially Penn, it's having that big brand name and position. It's almost a, a clout thing. And I think I really let that kind of cloud my judgment into what I wanted. And so I think I actually reached a point where I had to decide, is this something that I want to like push and grind through? Or is it time to just walk away and leave the game? Um, and I think that kind of decision and difficulty really forced myself to be more confident in my decision and who I really wanted to be. And so ultimately, just because of a lot of issues that I had with the consulting, the work-life balance, the types of roles that I was doing, the type of work that I was doing, decided to leave. And ultimately, I'm glad I made the decision. I know consulting is definitely for some people. I know a lot of people who genuinely really enjoy it, but unfortunately, it was not for me. And I think hopefully others who feel the same <laughs> can feel inspired to leave as well. <laughs> Yeah, claps to that. So what's your role at Uber now? Uh, maybe there's different operations happening in Sao Paulo versus SF. Yeah, so it's basically, it's kind of like a product role. So essentially, if the product manager is the person who's like scoping out the, is the product, then like me as product operations, it's that to different requirements internationally or globally. So the team that I specifically work on is courier pricing in the marketplace, which is all the pricing and the fares that drivers for the Uber Eats side will see. And so a lot of my work has been dealing with local operations people on the ground in Japan, in Australia, in France, and trying to see how our products, which typically originate in the U.S., can work for them as well. And I think it's been really eye-opening. For example, I had no idea that changing the color of a button could take like weeks of conversations. It's really eye-opening how thoughtful and intentional a lot of these decisions are. And it's given me a lot more empathy for how tech companies operate in general. Like, like when outages happen and it's really easy to point fingers and say, oh, they're evil and they're not doing their job. And to some extent, yeah, there could be better safeguards in place. But having gone through a lot of those myself, a lot of it simply is just like we're a startup flying by the seat of our pants it's like difficult to like really be able to catch all of these things and overall has been really enjoyable just to like peek behind the back scene of this product that like I previously had used so often <laughs> interesting what are your thoughts about uber helicopter or whatever it was called I feel like <laughs> maybe it's still in operation I mean, places I have no idea wasn't that like our MNT like summer project when we went to SF that was like the whole presentation we had together I think it was I missed that trip because I said okay I'm gonna go oh, home yeah. for three weeks on this trip. <laughs> but I remember talking about it in one of the classes but then also at some point I feel like I saw on some billboard I don't know if it was Philly or New York and I just I have no idea I never followed up is that a thing how do you feel about that <laughs> If my boss hears this, no, you didn't. So it's not definitely not my area. So I actually wouldn't know. I think it could be really cool. But I think at the end of the day, we have to focus on like the core products and our core market. And I feel a product like that is from the edge case of an edge case of people who can afford it and need that specific service. And so I think it would be really cool. But I don't think that it's something that would be the bread and butter of the business. Fair enough. Seems like a kosher answer. It makes sense to me. <laughs> Are you walking home? How close is this park? Oh, it's close. I was just getting a, a little windy. So I'm just heading back to my car and then I will take the rest of the call from here. <laughs>
Nice, good shit. Yeah, that's the suburban walk from the destination to the car. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, I don't even have to walk home. <laughs> yeah, what car is that? This is my boyfriend's old car, and then when I moved down here, I basically took over this car, and then he bought a new car for himself, so everyone wins. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you go into the office every day now? What's the environment like at Uber? You have work friends, or however you want to call them? <laughs> kind of. So I go into the office on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's mandatory. And then in the SF, like Uber workforce goes in on Tuesdays and Thursdays as well. So it's super bustling and busy on those days. And I definitely see a lot of my coworkers. But I think one thing that I've found difficult is balancing how much of self to bring to work. And that sounds cheesy. Like I know a lot of corporate people are like, oh, bring your whole self to work. But for some reason, sometimes I can't bring myself to tell my manager like, oh, I got super drunk this weekend. And I like definitely, I think what also is difficult is a lot of the people on my team tend to be a little bit older and like definitely just a different kind of person. And so it's definitely like interesting to learn from them and interact with them. But difficult to make, I think, true friendships, like invite to wedding type friendships. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I found things roll yeah. very differently here in Sao Paulo. Like everyone is all up in each other's like energy and lives, but not in an evasive way. I think it's just generally curious, oh. especially because we have different backgrounds, etc. I think there's an element. Yeah. Well, um, I love that parts of your personal lives that aren't shared but you can still be yourself in a way I don't know there's a lot of different mm. environments out there but some cultures make it easier I would say than others yeah, yeah. no I think that's really cool I feel that shows a lot of like openness to the types of people that you want to like interact with and be friends with I think that's something that I really want to work on myself with because a lot of the times when I show up to work I already almost pre-close it off as oh these are like work people not necessarily people that I can be friends with and really segment my life in that way I guess it's because it's easier to switch into a professional mode rather than trying to balance that out um but I I, that's really cool that you're able to do that with your work friends I can learn from you there (laughs) no I feel like part of it is because we are just like parachuting into these places for six months like everyone is automatically has that open door anyway (laughs) yeah to do it so I feel like it's different Cool. Any big questions you're trying to answer for yourself right now? It seems like you like the place you're living, your work, the people around you. What's no. what's next? What's on your mind? <laughs> big questions. Hey, I like, I don't know. I think one question that I like am still not struggling with, but ask myself a lot like time to time is just like trying to figure out really what works for me like for me like I guess you could say I'm living a pretty grandma life (laughs) to put it kindly and a lot of the times when you think about your 20s there's this stereotype that you should be living it up getting wasted every weekend and doing all these like wild crazy things and a lot of the times it's not necessarily I don't think FOMO is the right word but a lot of the times I'm thinking am I really making the most out of the time that I have right now. And I think that it's always a constant balance between me feeling like I'm supposed to be doing something versus doing something that like I genuinely enjoy versus am I pushing myself enough outside of my comfort zone? And so I think a lot of this time right now is I'm really content, satisfied with my life right now and my routine, my job, uh, but then always thinking, is there like something more that I should be doing and balancing that out? 
I don't know, an open-ended, <laughs> not very satisfying question. But I think that's the constant tension that I'm going through as like a 20-somethings adult right now. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I feel a lot of us are on similar quests in that way. A lot of episodes people talk about, what are the things I really like to do? And it's crazy that now it's, we have the time and space and ability to be able to think about these things more free than we have in the past. So I feel it's super legit and valid. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I feel a lot of the people that I truly admire right now, a lot of my friends I admire because they've been able to find that, find that one thing that really drives them like a passion, whether that's outside of work or it is work and that's fulfilling. And I see the dedication that they put in the patterns of their lives that lead to this kind of single-handed focus. Fair enough. Do you think you need that for yourself or do you want that? I think I'm definitely working towards it. I think like for me right now, like one thing that I've been pretty obsessed with recently is actually powerlifting. <laughs> so it's like a sport where you try to lift the most in the three compound movements of squat, bench and deadlifting. And it's something that I got into relatively recently over the past year, but has taken up like so much of my life if I am not at work I am probably at the gym or thinking about the gym <laughs> and so I think what's really been great is I've always been a pretty active person I ran a lot in like high school and college as a hobby and it's always been almost meditative activities that I do where I can like be alone really reflect and just focus on one thing but I think like this new hobby has taken that to next level in terms of the discipline and dedication that's needed and like the person that I have to become in order to excel and meet the goals that I've set for myself. And I think that in turn has really helped and bled into other areas of my life where um, it's discipline is like this muscle that you exercise in one area of your life that you can apply to others as well. And then having the confidence in yourself to show up day after day, even through tough battles. And I don't know, that's been my recent obsession. And I think something that's really been grounding me. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. How does one start getting into powerlifting? I would say if you are easily influenced by Instagram, then this is the perfect start for you. <laughs> Honestly, like I started getting a lot of ads for some reason, because I think this is really getting a lot of traction in the fitfluencer community. And so great job, Instagram. Your algorithms are great. <laughs> like I said, I've always been a runner and like I've always like on, alongside with being a runner, like, been a pretty petite person like five two usually under a hundred pounds and so I think like I have always been perceived not just by others but by myself as a weak small individual <laughs> and so I think that when I came to SF just wanted to really challenge that perception of myself and change that and so I've loved the way that I've grown in not just like pure strength but confidence through that and have just been addicted to like the incremental changes that I see in myself over time Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Powerlifting sounds like such a badass thing that you want to do a quick lightning round? Yeah, you, let's do it. What do you, <laughs> you wish everyone knew? Something I wish everyone knew about myself or just about the world in large? <laughs> you can do one of each, whatever inspires you. <laughs> let's see. Something I wish everyone knew. Uh, this is going to sound really nerdy, but the backdoor Roth IRA conversion is huge. And if you want to retire early and make the maximum out of your contributions, you should definitely do that and look into if your company offers it. <laughs> I think on a personal level, something I wish everyone knew 
about me I think something is that I'm actually like a quite introverted and shy person I've learned at heart and so I think a lot of the times I need a lot more recharging than I would have expected in what I thought were my social years of my life and so I think for a lot of like my friends or like more like acquaintances don't take it personally I guess if I need a lot of time to recharge um and I think also for other people, don't be afraid to take the time yourself as well to make sure that you're fully rested and feel the best you can be. Fair enough. Snaps. Did you say backward? <laughs> That's different than all the contribution stuff? Yeah. So you normally you have a 21K limit on your 401k contributions, but a backdoor contribution is essentially you contribute to your Roth and then afterwards you can convert that back to your regular plans. Interesting. All right. What's <laughs> out there for the corporate people? What are three things that you can't live without besides the necessities? Ooh, one would probably be fair life, like fair life chocolate milk. And this is my favorite drink in the world. Like the macros are so good, so much protein content, and it tastes so, so good. Like thick, good chocolate milk. Like you wouldn't even know that it's like fortified or like healthy or good for those who are lactose intolerant that is 100% my go-to recommendation for a chocolatey drink (laughs) number two uh let's see this is difficult I guess I could live without it but I would be very sad I've worn this same necklace on for the past four years of my life. Like I don't take it off when I work out. I don't take it off when I shower. It's a necklace that my parents got me for my high school graduation. And so I guess you say I haven't lived without it for the past five years. And so I don't think I could live without it for the next couple of years either. (laughs) And then the last one would probably be, I don't know if this is materialistic, but probably my car. I took ownership of this car like last July and I think the sense of like freedom rivals when I first got my driver's license and was finally like mobile throughout the world like being able to know that if I really wanted to I could go take a day trip and go hiking and disappear into nature and like the freedom of the open road has just been like really cool to re-explore again especially in a beautiful state like California. Amazing yo. (laughs) It's a necklace from Tiffany's it's just a basic heart necklace but my mom also has like a similar one and so my dad bought it for me at my high school graduation and then the same year they actually moved back to Japan so they live in Tokyo now so I only see them like about once or twice a year when I go back to Japan because they moved out of my childhood home and so I think that it's just a memory of like times when I had more like constant contact with them than like now where it takes a lot of like intentional effort to go back and be able to spend that same amount of time. Wow, word his home. Last, <laughs> any content recommendations? Ooh, content recommendations. I am a big fan of podcasts, which is why I love that you're doing this. <laughs> I tend to listen to a lot of nutrition podcasts. So I would say if anyone's like looking into getting better like wellness tips or just general nutrition and fitness. I really like the Huberman podcast. He's like this professor from Stanford and his goal is to break down complex topics and try to make them understandable. Everything from like sleep science to how to do proper like hypertrophy and like strength workouts to like the supplements you should be taking. Um, I think Huberman Lab is a great one. It's like, I feel like it's like a stereotype for all of people to be like obsessed with this, but (laughs) I stand by it nonetheless. And then another podcast that I really like listening to is 
dissect, which is it's like long form music analysis. It's just a really interesting peek behind the scenes of popular popular albums and diving behind the artist's meaning of them and the exact reason why they chose specific chords in this way. Super, super interesting, especially even if you don't have a musical background to dive into. Yeah. Incredible, yo. You should check out Ayaz's episode on my podcast because he also talks about the Huberman Lab and he's really into oh my gosh. The, like the best ultimate Frisbee play ever. So he also mentioned oh, that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to share with the world for today? Just that you are an amazing, incredible human being for putting this together. Thank you so much, Shannon. <laughs> wow. Don't gas me up on my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't wait. Wait, so you said that Heywan recorded an interview with yourself. You are you are the interviewee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We did it yesterday. I honestly realized I'm better at being the questioner than the sharer, but I will <laughs> that at some point. And yeah, that'll be out there for the world. But there's other and familiar names if you're curious of their happenings. Have you already listened to some of these people? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I am definitely an over-preparer of all sorts. I actually listen to a lot of them. Oh, and then like also just because they're really interesting, you're really good at just letting people tell their own stories and just making sure that they feel they're in a safe, comfortable space to do. So honestly, no, you are doing such an amazing job here. <laughs> Gassing you up even more. <laughs> that makes me so happy to hear, especially from a podcast listener yourself, so... That's amazing. No, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> sharing so openly. Hope you get all the nature recharge that you need. <laughs> Thanks, Shannon. You too. You too. I hope you enjoy yourself. Hello. Thank you. Let me know if you ever need a place in Brazil. Happy to host. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do. You too, Nessa. Bye. All right. Cheerio. And that's a wrap for now. Miu oh no everyone which actually I remember was a really funny joke that she told me when I first met her and was asking how best to pronounce her name the joke is me you oh no but little did I know that she actually ended up lasting in this almost five-year relationship so anyway that's it for now see you on the next episode of who let the dogs out a podcast where I chat life with cool people doing awesome things have a blast